Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TR90 Body Burn 30 support call. This call happens Monday through Friday at this time, which for me is 6.40 in the morning, 7.40 if you're Mountain Time, 8.40 if you're in Texas, 9.40 if you're Michigan and East Coast Time. Uh, If you ever miss these calls, you can pick them up on Sound, S-O-U-N-D, Cloud, C-L-O-U-D, put in TR90. And Frank Lomas, F-R-A-N-K-L-O-M-A-S, and these calls will pop up. They're now archived back more than nine years. The last almost a year now, we've been putting in host name and the actual um, topic that was discussed for that particular date. And so if you're looking for meditations, look for Fridays and Victoria's name and you'll have a wide selection to choose from. And for those of you that don't know who I am, I'm Susan Mann out of Portland, Oregon. I come to you with an education background with a huge interest in health and nutrition. And I did not want to travel down some of the health paths that my grandparents traveled down because they were not in optimum health when I was in high school. And so with that, I didn't want to get adult-onset diabetes. I didn't want to get heart disease. So I've done a lot of preventative things over the years to do my best to avoid those things. With that being said, that TR90 program is one really good lean meal a day, two shakes a day, three snacks a day, 30 grams of protein at at least three of those meals. If you're a really large person, you might want to add a fourth meal with 30 grams of protein or or add additional grams of protein to each of those meals. Making sure to get plenty of water, uh, stay hydrated. Hydration does many things as well as clearing toxins out of your system. And many times if you think that you're hungry, it is actually dehydration starting to set in already. Current thinking is at least one ounce of water for every two pounds you weigh. So if you weigh 100 pounds, you should be drinking a minimum of 50 ounces of water daily. Start out with wherever you're at and slowly build up to it. It can be done. Um, But a lot of times, if I think I'm hungry, I grab an 8-ounce glass of water, wait five minutes, and I drink it and wait five minutes to see if I'm still hungry. And if I am, then, then I start looking to see what I really should be having for a meal or a snack at that point. Planning your meals is always a good way to avoid getting into trouble, and if you know you're going to be out and about, that's highly critical. Um, getting plenty of fruits and snack, uh, fruits and vegetables, seven plus fruits and vegetables daily. They give you micronutrients, macronutrients, and they also give you lots of fiber, which helps keep your system going and keeps moving things through your digestive system in an appropriate manner making sure to get seven to nine hours of sleep daily. That is really important. The better quality sleep you get, the better decisions you make, and all of those things really help with this TR90 lifestyle because it is a lifestyle change. It's not something you do once and then you're over and done with it. You're making a permanent change to your lifestyle. Taking your supplements 15 to 20 minutes before a meal is also optimum. Uh, 
that gives the chance for the uh, things that are in those um, supplements to actually be on board in your system when your nutrition starts hitting your uh, stomach so that you will have the best results. If you're not able to take it 15 to 20 minutes before a meal, take them with your meal. Better to take take them with the meal than to forget to take them at all. So that's another really important thing to keep in mind. 30 minutes in water to have the exercise at least five days a week. And we'll hear from Frank tomorrow how many days he's been exercising because he's really, he and Jennifer have been taking no days off for over 1,400 days. So keep that in mind. And, you know, once you get a really good habit like that, it's easier to just keep going rather than to, um, oh, I'll not do it today. Oh, I won't do it today either. I'll start again tomorrow or whatever. Better to keep that exercise habit going and just keep moving along with it. With that being said, I'm going to be showing some information out of a book that's called Fat Chance. Beating against <clears throat> sugar, processed food, obesity, and disease. It was written by Robert H. Lustig, MD, and MSL. And I'm going to stop right now because we've been going over what, what are... Um, Government has done it is making things difficult as far as trying to stay healthy and what we can do to sort of avoid some of the political choices that have happened down the down the line. So this is the next part into some of that the history of the politics. Ultimately food producers and distributors must Reduce the amount of sugar. And Susan, your audio just dropped like crazy. Oh my goodness! I wonder. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Just barely. Okay. Well, let's see if I can get this a little bit closer. It might be earpiece. Earpiece might have just slipped too. So, how's that? Is that better, Brian? Yes. Okay. If that's good, then we'll go with where it's at. <laughs> so, ultimately, the food producers and distributors must reduce the amount of sugar added to foods. But sugar is cheap, tastes good, and sells. So, companies have little incentive to change. The FDA could set the table for a change, by removing fructose from the GRAS list, opponents would argue that other nutrients on the list argue that other nutrients on the GRA list, such as iron, vitamin A, and D, can also be toxic when overconsumed. However, unlike sugar, these substances have no abuse potential. Sugar's removal from the GRAS list would send a powerful signal to the European Food Safety Authority and the rest of the world and would force the food industry to rethink its recipes. 
Well, according to the FDA regulations, the GRAS status of the substance must be reconsidered as new scientific information emerges. The agency has not systematically reconsidered GRAS substances since the 1980s. And for instance, despite the overwhelming evidence, the FDA has largely not responded to concerns about trans fats, despite the 11 citizen petitions submitted to the agency between 2004 and 2008. There is more than enough evidence to bring sugar to a new review by the FDA. Can the FDA rethink sugar as non-GRAS? We can but it won't without a lot of pressure. The kind that comes from a lawsuit, its own rules keep it from acting. The following comes from the tobacco industry documents written by an executive for Philip Morris about the limits in challenging the poisonous nature of food. And this is what this quote uh, is saying. A food shall be deemed to be adulterated if it bears or contains any poisonous or deleterious substance which may render it injurious to health, such as food products does not result in acute injury such as poisoning and with preventing consumers from being misled. And here it's italicized but not with the prevention of chronic diseases, even though its own regulations explicitly postulate the connection between such products and such diseases. And by the way, the italics are actually Dr. Luskig's. In other words, the FDA is concerned only with the acute toxins in foods, those chemicals that kill you immediately, and not chronic toxins, which kill you slowly by promoting chronic disease. Fructose is a chronic dose-dependent toxin. So unless the FDA is forced, don't expect it to initiate any changes on its own. Petitions don't work. Lawsuits do. None of the suggestions in this chapter is remotely actionable today because the government has been co-opted in what is known as the elite capture. By this we mean that the government bends the regulatory systems in the food industry's favor to maintain a decidedly lopsided power structure. Either the legislative branch won't act because the food industry is paying it off, the executive branch won't act because it's afraid of the political repercussions, or the populace won't act because as far as they're concerned, a calorie is still a calorie. And they still believe in personal responsibility. And they're addicted anyway. Our current distrust of our government is well-placed. It's in our DNA. Thomas Jefferson said that government is the best, which is best when, govern, when it governs the least. Because as people discipline themselves, Yet there is no discipline, and that's the curse of addiction. 
So we're now faced with a highly unpleasant lesser of two evils. The question is not whether you have any control over your, your food. You don't. The question is, who do you want to abdicate to? Who do you want in your kitchen? The government will, will which would, will co-opt your rights in your wallet, or the food industry, which has already co-opted your rights in your wallet, and your health? I guess we all have to get really sick first and have no other option. The bottom has to fall out, and then it's time for societal rehab. We're just about there. And with that, I think I'm going to stop there because the next one is the title of the next chapter. is actually called A Call for Global Sugar Reduction. And so I will be probably sharing that on Thursday with you. With that, I'm going to take us off mute so we can say goodbye to each other. Any questions or comments? And as always, I don't know where we would be with our, without our technical geniuses of both Brian, who monitors to make sure we're getting good, good quality sound, and Frank, who does all the posts, or most of the posting on the calls. That being said, this is Susan Mann from Portland, Oregon, on this 22nd of February. 2022 signing out. I want to wish you all a really great day. And if you want at the top of the hour to move over to Facebook One Team Global Live, the um, there will be a call going on with one of the leaders explaining how to build a new skin business. If that's something you're interested in. So there we have it, my friends. So hopefully we can figure out a way to reduce the sugar that's in our diets. Me, I find that I, if I stay mostly to the outside of the the uh, supermarket, which is the fruits and vegetables, the dairy, and uh, the meat areas, I'm better off than if I'm in the center where all the processed stuff is. <laughs> Susan, what did you say about the glucose as a toxin? I I know it's not good for you, and I I just kind of uh, heard that, and I wanted okay. to just hear. So according to it's it, it's a chronic toxin, not an acute toxin, which means okay. it's not going to kill us immediately, but because we're addicted to it and slowly keep adding it back in, eventually it will kill us. It's just not, it's not fast. It's fast acting. That's comforting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to a point. <laughs> All right. Thank you. I thought, I thought I heard it right, but I wanted to hear it again. That's okay. That's totally fine. I was find that quote. <laughs> it, um, yeah. it's, it's, it's not immediately dangerous, but it's slowly dangerous for us.
Well, without being sent on my way everyone go, and we'll get started with our day. If you guys have any thoughts about future topics you want covered, feel free to share them either before or after the class, and we will see what we can do about lining some information up on them. With that being said, this is Susan Mann signing off, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. We'll have Frank tomorrow. Thank you. Bye. Have a good day.